Thanks for stopping by. This is Salesforce Simplified, the podcast from Ad Victorium Solutions. Good day, everyone. I'm Mike Boyle from Ad Victorium Solutions. In this episode of Salesforce Simplified, we're going to take a look inside Salesforce's Commerce Cloud. And we're going to do that with the help of Advic's Senior Vice President of Commerce, Aaron Hutton. Hi, Aaron. I am so appreciative of you taking the time to be with us today. How are you? Hey, Mike. I'm, I'm good. Spring is in the air, and I'm happy to be here to join you. Well, let's just get right into this. Let's take a look inside Salesforce's Commerce Cloud. We'll begin here. For those who are listening who may not know, what is Salesforce Commerce Cloud? Salesforce Commerce Cloud is a enterprise commerce application formerly called Demandware. But the difference between traditional commerce applications that, that I grew up with, or maybe yourself, is that this one was a, a SaaS-based solution, which stands for software as a service. Well, what it meant is, is that instead of a retail or a marketing department needing to deal with an IT department, they could have everything sitting on the cloud and they didn't have to go through the usual old cycles. And so it's become really popular in recent years. If you evaluate the traditional landscape 10, 15, 20 years ago, when you were a retailer, you really had to buy uh, enterprise applications like IBM or SAP, and it could take years to implement. Marketing departments and retail companies were pretty frustrated with that. And so we've seen the rise of these more nimble and agile-based solutions that do sit in the cloud. So talk a little bit about some of the cool things that Commerce Cloud can do for a business. Yeah, well, and there's some great case studies out there. Like, you know, they say Adidas launched 60 unique storefronts globally in less than 18 months. So there is a lot of scalability that comes with this platform. The backbone of the platform is called a storefront reference architecture. And what that essentially means is there's a chunk of code, let's say 90%. And 90% of the code, regardless of how many brands or, or countries that you're in, is going to be exactly identical. So that's how they're able to scale and get to some of those speeds. It is the, I think it's the numbers that Salesforce throws out there is 80% of the Fortune 500 retailers are on this platform. So obviously it's got a lot of things uh, going for it. But the key differentiator that I found on, on what does it do and why is it beneficial is that we've seen budget shift from technology or CIOs and things like that to marketing departments. And this can be managed completely independently by a marketing and business unit and not a technical unit. So marketing inside a company would be the department that would benefit most from using Commerce Cloud or are there other departments that would benefit as well? That's actually a great question. I learned the hard way that there is a, a proper way to structure and set up an e-commerce team. And usually what it is, is an e-commerce team is pulling from different departments. Traditionally, when I started my career, e-commerce was this little thing in the basement that was a cute idea. But as we've grown, as we've as we figured out that, well, no, this is here to stay. E-commerce now is not just siloed to some sort of website. It touches finance, it touches legal, it touches customer service, it touches IT, which is infrastructure. And then obviously, it has executive oversight at this point. For a lot of these retailers, their commerce division far exceeds the retail division. So it is multifaceted where it does touch numerous teams because they all have different components that will roll up into kind of an e-commerce organization. Well, let's talk a little bit about those components. What's included with Commerce Cloud? 
Well, it is. So if, if you really wanted to go bare bones, it does have an end-to-end consumer experience storefront already built. Um, but that's not uncommon. If we look at the marketplace like NetSuite or Hybris or Magento or Shopify, all of them have a pre-built storefront and then level of customization comes after there. But out of the box, you have native search engine, native promotions engine, A-B testing engines, all of these things that some of our competitors or some of the competitors in in this landscape, you would have to pay third parties for are all packaged into this kind of commerce cloud experience. And again, can be managed by non-technical people. It has PIM capabilities, DAM capabilities, catalog management, and as I alluded to, promotion, search, content, CMS components as well. Everywhere you turn, Aaron, I'm sure you see it as well. You see articles, you see blog, whatever. People are talking about customer experience. So Talk a little bit about how Commerce Cloud unifies the customer experience. Yeah, and one of the really exciting things was, you know, when we when it was demandware and we were all working on it, it still is technically considered a startup. And, and as we've seen, you know, in, in recent years, startups come and go. I could have bet my career on a number of startups and, and be working on something else at this point. But luckily, they were acquired by Salesforce. And Salesforce has largely grown through acquisition. What that means is they've acquired numerous independent technology stacks that they said were beneficial. Exact Target became Marketing Cloud, MuleSoft, Tableau. They have an order management solution and things like that. And in the beginning days, there was ways for those to communicate with each other. And those could have been automated jobs or APIs and things like that. But nowadays, Salesforce has really invested a lot of money in ensuring there's a cohesive and connected experience. So regardless of the channel, regardless of where I'm at in the world, if I'm a consumer and I'm interfacing with a brand, I have one cohesive experience. And that could be an integration with Salesforce Core, CRM. That could be customer service calling in using Service Cloud and accessing the OMS. That could be the email campaigns that are fully integrated into Commerce Cloud. I transact or I don't transact. I get part of a campaign. I'm, I'm put into a customer segment and things like that. Salesforce in recent years, in the last few years, has also integrated loyalty and their own payment solution directly into Commerce Cloud. So you can imagine, whereas it used to be a bunch of different disjointed systems, all of these communicating with each other. So you do have a single source of truth on what is my customer and what are they doing, regardless of where they came to us from. At the end of the day, why are brands using Commerce Cloud to be more agile? Well, largely it's time to market, it's scalability, it's that it doesn't require technical expertise, and I will pause on that. It requires extensive technical expertise to get up and running. But once that's done, it can be managed independently by a business unit. And there is a market shortage globally on senior developers and architects. And so it's much easier for companies to deal with, oh, I can have a marketing person or a web content person. But really, it's that scalability. When we look at Demandware, which is now Salesforce Commerce Cloud, the big clients that you think of, like Coach or Crocs or um, L'Oreal, Adidas. Most of these are running over a billion dollars through this platform seamlessly, right? Without much technology interface and anything like that. And so I think it really has this track record on why it should be used and how easy and agile it can be. He is Advic's Senior Vice President of Commerce, Aaron Hutton. I'm Mike Boyle from Advictorium Solutions. And you're listening to the Advictorium Salesforce Simplified Podcast. Aaron, let's talk a little bit uh, about retailers. Why are retailers in particular using Commerce Cloud to be more innovative? Yeah. Um, and originally, the core demographic, the core verticals that Demandware was focused on when they came to market and how they got to 
to such a strong foothold was that they concentrated on a few key verticals, proved the model, and then kind of blew it up. 80% of the footwear industry and 80% of the cosmetics industry are all on this platform because Demandware took a risk, they broke into a vertical, they proved it, they made lots of money for their retailers, and they said, well, why don't we go to the other footwear company and say, we can do this? They, they proved the model and blew it up. They did that for cosmetics. They did that for footwear and, and more traditional outdoor apparel and things like that. They also say, I think it's 60% of the entire outdoor apparel industry is on this. Um, and so once they had that proven model and it was reliable and it was consistent, they could come in and it wasn't even almost like it was a sale. They said, hey, look what your competitors are doing and they're making so much more money. Do you want to make money or don't you? I often say that innovation and inevitability are not the same thing. So if a customer doesn't want to do what we're, we're proposing or what Salesforce is proposing, eventually they're going to do it or their company isn't going to be around much longer because all of the other competitors are doing it. So with that success, with, um, with that stronghold in retail, in the last, I'd say, five, six years, we started breaking out into new verticals, verticals that traditional retail hadn't ever thought about, right? I've been part of the team that brought augmented reality shopping to this platform social selling to this platform, B2B selling to this platform, M and pharma, all of these brand new verticals. But again, they had a tried and true story that this is what worked for retail. We already have it. Again, running a billion through, why don't you give us a chance? It's just a commerce layer and we know that you need to transact. Talk about some of the, the tools that are available within Commerce Cloud to help retailers connect to the right products. So Commerce Cloud has well, numerous capabilities and features and things like that. It's not uncommon for retailers to introduce guided selling. Um, and essentially what that is, is I come to a consumer experience, a website, let's say, and I say, I don't know what I want. I don't know what kind of running shoe I need. So I'm going to click a few buttons and then it's going to pop one out and say, this is what it's recommended. And that's all just extending the native features of Commerce Cloud. It's things like guided selling. But again, as, as I alluded to earlier, it has a very robust search engine, a promotions engine. It has dynamic customer segmentation. So it could be, I spend more than $200, I see this. Or if I spend five hours on the site, I see this. All of this can be done dynamically. And once it's set up, it's programmatically running. Those dynamic customer groups can seamlessly integrate to the CRM system, to the marketing cloud system. So we can tie campaigns to them. We can send reminders to them. It supports customer lists. Um, it's a pretty robust feature set if you're a retailer. And what about its ability to drive personalized experiences on websites? Yeah, and I think a lot of that does happen with, especially recently, we see a, a full integration into social, and that could be social selling or social integration. And obviously, we have an analytics engine that usually sits on it, the Comet in the industry is Google. So we have what are called passive event listeners. Mike, if you and I were sitting around talking at, you know, happy hour or something like that. And we mentioned how the baby needs diapers. The reason your phone knows that is because there's a passive event listener, but websites have those as well. So those events are going on. And the benefit of that is that you'll start to see more and more manicured experiences based on what you actually want. So if I click on this, I know that this is going to be a correlated product. And all in the background, there's attributes on the product model or the category model and things like that saying, associate this with this, and then render that to this customer experience. There's also dynamic customers or content segments. So if I show up in California, I see this homepage. If I show up in New York, I see this one. 
chaos, I see this one and things like that. All of that can be managed and controlled, set to timers and segmented. So it does have a pretty robust feature set to create a truly unique experience based on who I am and where I'm coming from. I imagine there might be some folks listening to us now, Aaron, who wonder about Commerce Cloud's ability to support multi-brand and multi-site implementations. Is that possible? Yeah, it's it's not only possible, but it's actually considered the status quo or de facto. It, it is pretty normal. Most of the customers that, that we interact with, most of the customers that sit on this platform are owned by private equity firms or retail holding companies. When we think of the big ones like VF Corporation, you know, 30, 40 unique brands, global giant brands like Vans, North Face, Decker, Deckers, yeah, no, Dickies, um, and things like that. But all of them are sharing one common code base. But you can imagine they exist globally in every single locale and currency that you can think of. Um, and L'Oreal, 34 unique brands, 200 plus sites. Wolverine Worldwide, 16 unique brands, again, in over 200 countries. And so it's pretty normal for the standard Commerce Cloud customer to be multi-brand, multi multi-storefront, multi-language, multi-currency. Last question I have for you, Aaron, has to deal <laughs> with uh, us here at Advic and the implementations that we've done of Commerce Cloud for our clients. When we've done these, what seems to be some of the things that the clients like most about the, the decision to go with, with Commerce Cloud? Any, any like, oh, wow factors? Yeah, I think, again, and I've said it a few times, it's kind of been a central theme, but the reason we've seen so many of these SaaS-based solutions, these cloud-based solutions pop up and and survive and become strongholds is that they don't have to wait on a traditional IT department. If marketing says, I want to change out that header right now, it's a 10-second job and it's owned by the business. It's not owned by a developer who's like, I don't know the difference between header A and header B. Um, Additionally, the scalability and time to market. Right, Like I said, most of these companies have brand X, brand Y, and they want to just cut and copy and manage them in one single interface. And they're able to do that. Again and again, we've seen case studies from Salesforce on 20, 30, 40 different unique storefronts launched in less than 12 months, all because... It's sitting on this cloud-based solution, and it's a rinse and repeat kind of model. So that really gets them excited. I'd say the other component is that there is a a marketplace. In addition to the native features I've mentioned, like content slots or dynamic customer segmentation or promotions, all of those used to be third parties. There's also a pretty robust marketplace. So if they're like, well, I want to add on ratings, reviews, or affiliate marketing, or a, a more robust CMS... There's a certified link marketplace that kind of connects modules coupled directly into Commerce Cloud. And they're pretty plug and play. So it creates a pretty cool kind of feature set or Lego version of your own unique site. Aaron Hutton, thank you so much for giving us this outstanding overview of Salesforce Commerce Cloud. I know there are upgrades from time to time and, you know, Salesforce is always tinkering with things. So would you come back and and give us... An update on Commerce Cloud in the future. That'd be great. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. And to the audience, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about Salesforce Commerce Cloud, just visit advic.com, A-D-V-I-C.com. And as I always do, I will put some helpful links about Commerce Cloud in this episode's notes section. And lastly, if you like what you've heard today, be sure to tell your friends and colleagues all about the podcast, which is available on all the podcast platforms, Apple and Google and Spotify, you name it, we're there. I'm Mike Boyle from AdVictorium Solutions. Thank you for joining us for our latest edition of Salesforce Simplified. 
And as always, our next episode is just around the corner. We're glad you stopped by. You've been listening to Salesforce Simplified, the podcast from Ad Victorium Solutions.